0: Welcome to On Deck with Circuit Check. For over 40 years, Circuit Check has been a leading edge provider of custom engineered test solutions to the electronics industry, identifying and innovating new technologies and processes to address the ever changing test requirements. Join us as we share our expertise and thought leadership across a wide range of industries. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of On Deck with Circuit Check. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B. And folks, thanks so much for joining us on another episode of Circuit Check's podcast. We appreciate you tuning in for some quality thought leadership as we explore some more workflows, technologies, and best practices in the broader testing industry and its various industries that benefit from such a, you know, precise, high quality, quality control level of testing. So thanks again for joining us. And if you'd like some more content from the Circuit Check team as you enjoyed today's conversation, or you want to find out some more about our solutions and services, head to our website, circuitcheck.com. Again, circuitcheck.com, as well as subscribe to On Deck with Circuit Check on Apple podcasts and Spotify for that catalog of previous episodes, plus notifications when we drop new ones. So on today's episode of the show, we're going to be keeping the trend going on giving you some accessible, informative content on all things testing. And today we're not only talking about test systems and test platforms, but more granularly, we're gonna be talking about the products themselves that are being tested. In the industry, you might know these as EUTs, UUTs. For the sake of our conversation today, we're gonna be referring to them as devices under test, DUTs. One of the main challenges for testing processes is often the slow churn of the test process itself one tester per device one to one means a lot of wait times a lot of lost efficiency in getting quality product tested covered with 100 percent coverage and out the door however there are some workflows and strategies out there for testing multiple duts and improving that output time. So today with our conversation, we're gonna be digging into those workflows, into those platforms, better understanding how testing can integrate multiple devices with limited testing equipment and how to choose whether using one tester in a factory is the right choice for you or having a test platform or a core platform as the right move for your company and industry. And we'll connect the dots there and draw both the differences and where they connect. So for insights today to break down DUT workflows. We're joined by two great thought leaders. First up, we've got Mr. Sean Casey. He's a test systems engineering manager with Circuit Check. Sean, great to have you on. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Thank you, Daniel. Yeah, great to have you on. Thank you again, Sean. And we've also got Mr. Ted Ronenberg. He's a senior sales manager with Mac Panel Company. Uh, Mr. Ted, great to have you on as well. How are you doing?
1: Yeah, great, great, Daniel. Thanks for having me on today.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, having both of your perspectives today is going to be great to elevate our conversation. And we'll touch base a little later in the podcast on how y'all's partnership in creating the right solutions and workflows for these various industry needs uh, benefit and elevate the quality of testing for every industry. What we're going to start with, though, is really breaking down those granular workflows. So let's go ahead and jump in. Uh, you know, there may be some confusion to start here for our listening audience. There are several different types of test platforms out there you may have heard of core platforms dedicated test platforms universal tester platforms each has a different purpose and use and each has applications in the broader theme of what we're talking about today multiple dut testing so could you start by defining the difference between a core platform a dedicated test platform and a universal tester platform
2: yeah sure sure daniel i'll take that one So so for us, a core platform is usually the building block or foundation to create a dedicated or universal tester. The core platform can consist of things like a a rack that's standardized with a PDU, with a monitor stand, um, all the ancillary things that go into creating test platforms minus the mass interconnect and and test equipment.
1: Uh, Ted, do you have any comment on that? No, I agree with you there, Sean. I mean, the, the interface is going to be defined by some of the building blocks that are added to the core system.
2: And some people, in the case of some of the OEMs that we work with, will take the pl- core platform a little bit further and make power supplies and so forth part of the core platform. In general, we, we like our core platform to be flexible and be able to use it either in a dedicated mode or a universal tester mode as as you move on the the nice thing though before i leave the core platform having a core platform especially for an integrator like circuit check is a huge advantage we can inventory the racks we can build the pdus in advance we have everything off the shelf uh it's quicker time to market and we get very familiar with it, so there's less NRE involved because the schematic for the general platform is already already created. When you decide to move to a dedicated test platform, the advantage of a dedicated test platform is you only put the instrumentation that you need in there. You generally don't incur the cost of of mass interconnects. You you like to go straight from the equipment to the, the DUT itself or probes. it it has a lot of benefits in as much as if there's any signal integrity things you're not running them through a bunch of connectors and so forth uh the downside is if you only have one dedicated tester and for some reason it goes down your production line is down Um, ted any anything there
1: no i I agree with you i mean a lot of that uh, as far as the the core system is going to be determined by your your customer's input on what they need. And, and you're right, it's usually a very simple wired to the DUT or, or a, one or two cables. It's not a, a heavily um, used mass interconnect solution.
2: Yeah, that's exactly right. So it's very cost effective because you're only using the resources that you need to test that one particular product. Whereas when you you upscale to a universal platform, the challenges there is for universal testers, do you have a family of products that that have a lot of similarities to it or maybe the same size and so forth? And when you get into a universal test platform, you're usually taking the test requirements from a, a multitude of DUTs and you're consolidating them in order to come up with a, um, a super set of test requirements, if, if you would that you will use as the basis for, for equipment selection for a universal tester. Uh, universal tester also means that you need to have some type of connectivity that's that's very flexible and robust in order to, to change over between either fixtures or, or something like that. Universal tester platforms are very are a very good situation where you have uh, maybe facilities worldwide You're gonna deploy them maybe 10 or 15. They're gonna be in a lot of different locations. And they're all configured identically the same. And therefore, um, if one goes down, you have another one you can use. You just swap the fixture on. And so a universal platform has a lot of benefits. It does cost a little bit more because you're gonna tend to put resources into that tester that you may only use for 30% Thirty percent of your products, or or whatever, but the benefit of redundancy for for customers that have a lot of products is, is
1: really quite a benefit. And Sean, if I can add to that, I mean, you bring every test point to like a mass interconnect and a universal tester. So when you when you build your uh, ITA interchangeable test adapters or fixtures. Uh, they can be removed and, and installed very quickly to support a multitude of products. And just, just like that, no matter what circuit check puts on the front of the tester, it needs to be a good, reliable connection because connection headaches are, are the worst thing in the test system. Right.
2: And and once again, you know, the requirements, the, the requirements that, that come for each one, the test requirements, are really key in understanding those and also looking forward to um, to possibly future enhancements of that product so that you have the scalability built into that universal tester to either add equipment or select equipment that might be just a little bit better that down the road you're you're going to um, you're going to upgrade to and utilize.
0: Real quick, before we dig in deeper into hardware specifics and some of the use cases, for these different types of test platforms, how does some of the supporting software and its specifications differ amongst these platforms? Do we see a lot of difference? Is it more or less the same? What are the defining metrics?
2: In the the case of software, unless you're talking about possibly hardware in the loop where you need to have a real-time OS, in general, the selection of the software is is really whatever the end user is going to be comfortable with or the supporting organization. You know, whether you're going to use some off-the-shelf things like test stand and LabVIEW, uh, whether you're, you're, you're experts in C-sharp or vb.net. In the case of many integrators, they all have their own test sequencers. In our case, we do, and it's Excel-based, so that the customer doesn't have to be a software person to maintain the tester. But, but the software, with the exception of, of things that need to be done real time, is really up to the, the individual organization and what they think they can, can do well to support.
0: Let's chat use cases then. I'm wondering, and I wanna make sure our audience understands, when is it best to use each of these different kinds of platforms, right? If the core platform is uh, you know the, the rack, let's say, right? You've got the dedicated test platform to fill in the core hardware or the universal tester platform. Uh, When is it best to use each? Is it industry defined? Is it more about the use case per specific type of material being tested or the hardware specs themselves? Right. Lay out those metrics, how you see them, and how you think that defines best use.
2: Yeah, I I think when when you're talking about dedicated testers, you're talking about something that's gonna be running all year long, 24 seven. It it doesn't, uh, you're you're gonna basically run a high volume, low mix environment and a dedicated test platform, um, whether you need to get one or two of them, that's a a better scenario for that. Um, When it comes to the universal platform, we actually have taken that universal platform and we've gone to, to the possibility of not only doing high mix, low volume, but um, you know, mid-volume, high mix um, by using uh, fixturing that allow you to have four DUTs at once and, and so forth. And all of that needs to be defined mostly by, the, uh, by what the, uh, the customer's volumes each year are. And uh, In the case of universal test platforms, prior to designing one like that, what you do is you go and you, you get the anticipated volumes for each one of the DUTs that they have, and then you determine how many do I need to test at a time to meet that volume level, uh, assuming a certain number of testers. Um, so that, that's a lot what we take into consideration. Um, Obviously, cost comes into play for some people, and uh, you know it's cost, delivery, and performance, right? And uh, and and all of those need to be taken into account when deciding which way to go on a platform.
0: Yeah, those are important to center. Absolutely, I appreciate those breakdowns there for us. Now, I guess as a follow up, is there a baseline reason when an end user? should absolutely move from a dedicated platform to a universal tester platform? Is there that kind of standard, right? Or you know whether that's defined by the amount of output, the scale, uh, again, the hardware specs or what industry you're in, right? So again, is there a baseline reason? Yes, no, why or why not?
2: Yeah, I, I think there, there's a couple of reasons. As we mentioned before, if you're deploying worldwide and you need to support this platform worldwide and you're going to, you're going to have three testers in Asia and three in Mexico and, and so forth. It's much easier to support that, that type of thing. Anytime you believe that your your product is going to evolve and continue to evolve, um, if you have a dedicated test platform to usually the fixtures integrated into it, you don't have the flexibility to change over time and, and to revise your board. So the other reason on a universal test to go to a universal test platform is if you have, let's say, four or five versions of the same product for a for various families, and your volumes are not high, you're much better to go to universal test platform so that you're always keeping that platform uh, running. Depending on you know which DUT you happen to be running at the time. I don't know, Ted, what what are your
1: thoughts on that? Well,
2: I think your design in a
1: universal tester is correct when they're spread out worldwide, that you have more of an opportunity to be able to upgrade the tester to support it versus the dedicated tester. So you, you can support it much easier and stabilize it from that point of view.
2: Yeah, that, that's true. And and I guess one other one other thought on that. When you go to a universal test platform, um the one thing that you can do is it makes it a lot easier to keep spares, right? And to be able to, um, to maintain that system because they're all identical, right? And so, so that's that's another consideration. If you are not going to build that many testers and you're only going to have one or two, then it's a little bit of a toss up between a dedicated tester and a universal platform. And you really need to, to look closer at the volumes and the possibility that you need to revise that DUT.
0: Speaking of, uh, let's offer some tips and strategies for our audience on how to I guess, fully understand what the scope of their needs are and then how to translate that into the right investment, into the right platform. So I'm curious what your strategies are, what you've seen work on how manufacturers should determine what their hardware and software considerations should even be to start. Where do they start when ascertaining what those specific needs are?
2: Well, I, I think the place you start with with any, any project is you start with the overall test strategy. Are you doing ICT? What kind of coverage do you get at ICT? What type of coverage do you need at functional tests? Um, do you have JTAG built in, uh, which makes it much more efficient to, to go through and check IOs and, and onboard memories and so forth? So you need to start with the overall test strategy that takes you basically from the building, the board, ICT, AOI, all the way to the end of line, and try to make sure that you have the coverage. Normally, most of the testing is done at certain points because you're about to put it into assembly where to back it back out of there if it fails would, would really be a hardship. The next thing that, that you look at that, that's an absolute must and, um, and, and a lot of times is lacking is test requirements. The test requirements is is the key to selecting actually not only the platform, but the hardware itself. And uh, what we find is is the test specifications is usually something that needs to be worked on uh, when a customer comes to us to get a really good definition on both the bandwidth and resolution and the measurements. Uh, at Circuit Check, our basis for um knowing that we did a good job building the tester is is running precision to tolerance ratio uh on a on a repeatability basis and and that measurement is really based on uh how narrow are the limits the upper and lower limits and how well do we stay within those uh and um i think for us that's the way we know the tester is good everybody runs gage r and r that's great but the the manufacturers of test systems can't control the part-to-part difference uh all we can do is is control that so the test specifications are are absolutely crucial if you don't have that when you start um there is there is no way to get to the end and know that you're done
1: i don't know ted any thoughts on that well it's like i said when we work with you sean when we work with circuit check we try to determine what the the requirements are from the system level, the I.O. to provide, you know, or suggest and provide the right interface solution, you know, to accommodate what's going to be needed and support it in the best way. I think you're on the right path there and I think that's correct.
2: Right. And, and how the testing is done, whether it's run at rate, um, whether DVT testing is done and you need to run at rate or not, that not only leads into the hardware, that leads into the type of interface that you're going to use, and it ripples all the way down to the design of the test system. Does that answer your question, Dan? Oh, uh, yes,
0: absolutely. I was going (laughs) to, no, that that was solid. I was going to follow up slightly and just ask if budget considerations play any role in determining the quality of what you can get from your investments. Do we see enough options there for you to get a quality uh, DUT platform at different cost levels? Or is there kind of a cap where you need to spend X amount to really make sure that you capture that full coverage?
2: The, the, um, the budget that you have can somewhat drive what type of test system you have, um, you know? And, and it depends on where you're at within your, your design process and your, your MPI process. In um, many cases, the best way to go because, as I said, it was the, the most cost-effective and closest to bench testing is to go to a, a small dedicated uh, test platform where the volumes are low and, and it, uh, it, it's directly wired um, and it's, it's made to be more simple because you're, you're only using the resources that you need. In the case of, um, of larger um, MPIs or, or getting more into full-scale production, I'm not going to kid you, budget does play a big part in it. It, it matters in, in probably what type of interface you can use. And sometimes, we usually work with our customers during the specification phase to explain to them the differences of if you want this type of performance, this is the type of cost you're going to incur if you want uh, if you can take just a little lesser performance will st- it still make sure the board works can you can you live with this which fits more into your budget it really needs to be a partnership between the integrator and uh and the end customer to try to work through those those concerns when it comes to budget versus performance versus schedule and right now um you know that gets to be more of a challenge with uh with the supply chain issues that are out there and uh sometimes your your choices get to be very limited
1: no, i was gonna say i think it's also trying to convey to your your potential customers or customers the equipment that they use is going to provide them a, a good you know product <coughs> testing pass fail for the right and give them very little downtime try to get the best uh, bang for the buck with their money
2: Ted, you're absolutely right. I mean, I, I think there's the price and then there's the cost of ownership. Mm-hmm. And I, I think that, you know, the initial price is one thing. But as you look at the lifetime of the product, what is the cost of ownership? And, um, you know, I, I understand people have budgets and they, they can only afford so much at one time. Sometimes what we do when when, when that happens is it's scaled back but the system is designed to be scalable which means that they can add to that system later on when when more dollars become available and their their volumes go up
0: yeah i mean like most commercial investments obviously budget is going to uh, guide where you need to focus in those investments and uh, where you should try to maximize quality for the resources you have available, and I know that uh, you know Circuit Check works well with your end users to find the best solutions for those budgets. Uh, so you know they're they're in good hands if they do have some questions or concerns there. But regardless, this is important to invest in, and uh, we know that there are really um, niche, granular ways that uh, the testing investment is defined. And another one of them is just through uh, the kinds of situations where you're testing specific mechanics, specific devices. So my, my thought here is I want to get some thoughts from you on specific options of classic testing needs. Uh, so it basically, what type of interface, excuse me, what type of interface is going to be best in each of these kinds of situations when you have this kind of DUT under the scope, right? So first up, Cable-to-cable. Give me your perspective there. What type of interface is going to be best for cable-to-cable testing?
2: You know, cable-to-cable is good for, uh, you know, especially things where we can plug into connectors, the DUT and so forth. The, the other thing that we find with cable-to-cable that we, we use it quite a bit is in ESS testing, whether it's on a, on a vibe table or inside of a, a temperature chamber it's good for especially end of line testing where you have a whole assembly and you're simply are going to use the mating connector to hook to the test equipment and and then that's where cable to cable is very effective
0: perfect let's jump over to the next example that would just be a traditional kind of testing need right so this is a traditional dut process and workflow what kind of interface is going to be best for that
2: and why that that you look at when it comes to, and I think this is mass interconnect um, are things like the Genred 2270 interface, some of the the VXI interfaces, um, you know, certainly uh, Mac panel scout interface, VPC's interface, and, and things like that. Those those are fairly traditional. They've been around a long time, a lot of them were vetted in the mill arrow industry, they what they do provide to you is is usually very reliable tried and true tested um many of them now have evolved to the point where they've interfaced put some interposer boards on that that uh that work well it, it works well in in environments where you have a lot of um a lot of io and 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 a various amount of power and uh it can be sized accordingly you know for the from the standpoint of traditional we probably use traditional methods. I want to say probably 80 to 90 percent of the time. It's usually available. Uh, there's a good history with it. The performance is
1: pretty well defined. Okay. Cut me off, but that's okay. <laughs> I,
2: I didn't really try to cut you. I, I, I'm not filibustering, but um, so we're we're on the traditional we're, we're on the sure. traditional mass
1: interconnect. I, I appreciate that. Yeah the traditional has been around for 40 plus years. And it is, uh, you know, it's a scalable, uh, you know, dependable interface that's been around a long time that, you know, you can go up to, in our modules, you can go up to uh, 200 signal pins in, in one module. And I mean, you can go up to, you know, 5,000 test points in a, a dual tier system, or in most instances, it's a single tier, they can go up, you know, to 25 slots, but you have a bulk of wiring and cables behind the receiver Everything is wired directly to or cabled to the instrumentation brought up to the receiver. And it works well, you know, and, and it's been around for a long time, but you have to hinge down the receiver to get to the instrumentation cards. And it, you know um, we we support it. MacPanel supports it, and we support, you know, I know CircuitCheck check uses it quite a bit. You know that that's a full scale mass interconnect. It's been out there for years and it's dated. You know, you let me know. I'd like to talk briefly on the uh, advanced inter- interconnect that uh, I don't know if you've touched base with or not yet, Daniel. Or.
0: You're teeing me up perfectly there, Ted. So I uh, I was going to transition over here now to the last type of um, you know main use case here. We talked cable to cable. We talked traditional. Now, what about advanced? Needs here. If you have uh, you know advanced testing process, uh, what kind of interface is going to be best for that kind of situation and why, especially at scale?
1: Well, what we found out, I guess over about the last seventeen years, is that with the uh, a growth in the PXI and now PXIE and LXI market, that um, we have taken a stand to try to eliminate wires and cables when possible. So with the scout advanced mass interconnect you're able to put uh, direct access kits right on the front of the instruments and you can either use a printed circuit board which has uh, ground planes and guard traces in them matched uh, lengths of the traces or flex circuits where you can have uh, matched impedance so it not only helps protect the connectors on the pxi or pxie cards but it it, it really helps with the signal integrity because when you can eliminate a one meter cable or longer and you can replace it with a six inch printed circuit board your signal coming out the front is going to be much cleaner and better and durable use in like a universal tester where some of these testers are shipped worldwide and they bang around with uh, the scout night panel scout interface on the front of it they stay sturdy, they don't come loose, they don't back out and it gives them good alignment also. Plus, one more thing that you can do with the advanced um, mass interconnect is that you've got the real estate back behind the receiver that you can do custom electronics on some of the circuit boards. Uh, There's so much more you can do behind the receiver, uh, daisy chain, different cards that you can actually save money on your IT and fixtures long term. That's really just one one of many benefits. But the bigger part of it is your cost up front for a Mass Interconnect, whether it's traditional or advanced, is you know, a more expensive approach. But the benefit of the MacPanel Scout is that you reduce the build time because you can put these systems together very quick and supplied with all the documentation that's needed, and that the long-term maintenance cost. Go way down. They're much easier to maintain because to pull an instrument out of a PXI chassis, you loosen two screw screws and you can pull it straight out. Where the traditional, you had to hinge it around and you're you're digging through. If you're using switch cards, it could be a 200 wire cable coming out with a nice clean circuit board. It's just easier to maintain. And the last thing that I've always pushed back from days long time ago in software. Is that you're able to maintain a higher level of software between system to system due to using printed circuit boards because no two cables are ever built the same. So, Sean, you have anything to add to that? I mean, I can go on, but I know uh, we're out of time.
2: I'm sure you can, but <laughs> yeah, in, in the case of, um, of the scout and, and and that type of advanced interface, we we find a couple of areas that it's it's especially effective. You know, one is is when performance counts. You know, putting wires in, you're going to have some noise, you're going to have some losses, um, the traces aren't matched perfectly, and things like that. So when performance is important, we we really like the scout. The other thing is. As you look at um, a universal tester platform and you you want to deploy this, um, a number of them. It's very, very difficult to get identical uh, electrical measurements when you're, you're either hand wiring um, up to that mass interconnect. In general, what we have to do then is we have to run a correlation to make all the testers look the same versus in the case of, of an advanced type mass interconnect, the, the results will be very very repeatable from tester to tester and 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 that is something that um for many customers is very important all right sean
0: ted we are approaching the end of our conversation here i've got two more quick points that i just want to get your uh, you know short form thoughts on here before we wrap up so First up, I wanna highlight the partnership here between the two of you. Again, Circuit Check is the test system integrator here, the full service package. MacPanel is the mass interconnect supplier. Again, the connector interface between the test instruments, excuse me, and the DUT. And you have a coordinated partnership to uh, support quality testing solutions. How are you finding that your collaboration and partnership is benefiting the industry and meeting the needs of the moment today?
1: Well, I mean, I I think any way that we can support Alliance partners in the network, you know, it it helps support. And in in the long run, it helps get the customer a better product in a shorter period of time. And the the main thing I think is in in all that support is getting the customer a better product and a maintainable product to to lower the cost. So they come back to circuit check. And MacPanel will look for future
2: needs. You're exactly right, Ted. Um, we have teamed up on on some Milero um, projects and so forth. And And when you have a partner, you know you want the customer to treat you as a partner, and when you have a, a company like MacPanel and they're your partner, we all three worked on that project together as well as the equipment supplier. And and the outcome was very very good as a result of it. So having a good relationship with uh, with uh, not only your customer but but the folks that are working with you is very important. And um, and having MacPanel as uh, as a partner has, has been very beneficial to us. Love to hear that. And uh, you know I think uh,
0: this is a learning lesson that I've taken away from all the interviews I've done over the last several years. But. Collaboration within the industry and centering learning from, you know, where another company, another uh, partner, colleague can fill the gaps and bridge, you know, quality within two different worlds, technical or higher level, more esoteric uh, within the industry it goes a long way for end users and centering the quality for the clients is paramount and uh, it's great to hear that y'all are doing that and like I said we're about to wrap up so one more quick question Uh, on on deck with circuit check over the last several podcasts we've been talking about testing processes and uh, different kinds of testing investments into technologies hardware etc I want to connect the dots slightly to just close things out I'm curious how you see DUT investment decisions intersecting with the right investments in ICT and in circuit testing hardware as well Give us that view of how you see that influencing investments in a, an overall uh, test ecosystem.
2: Right. So, so I think what you're talking about, Daniel, is is, is the overall test strategy, which we hmm. kind of touched on briefly uh, uh, up front, and um, and, and it's very important um, to engage. Obviously, Circuit Check does in circuit fixtures, also, but it's important to understand the process, the the production process. Uh, you know whether it's PCB subassembly, end of line. It's important to to convey that to your integrator so that they can kind of understand where they fit in and what kind of coverage there has. If you go in with a strategy and you you've identified it all the way through, what you're going to find is you're going to pay a lot less money for tests because you're not going to repeat testing at at steps down the road that you've you've already covered. So test strategy, uh, a standard test strategy that we see is uh, AOI um, and then going from AOI to in-circuit test, then to programming or functional test, do functional test, sub-assembly test, end of line and out the door. So, you know, how many you need uh, really depends on the complexity of your, your product and also the capability of your product to, possibly take advantage of things like boundary scan. So
1: yeah, that's that's kind of what I have. Yeah, no, I, I agree with that Sean. I mean, uh, my background coming from, you know, in circuit a long time ago is that y- y- there's a lot of added benefits and, and other ways to to reduce the cost of in circuit te- uh, test fixturing and that that has diminished over the years with boundary scan and certain types of ways to do more functional testing to get, you know, better bang for your for your money, ICT has become tough, and CircuitCheck is one of the only good companies out there that builds excellent in-circuit fixtures because the the test point size has gotten smaller. Uh, There's a lot of variations that go into it, so any way that you can find better ways to get a better result is the way to go, and I think more and more are gone to different types of boundary scan and functional tests.
0: All right, I think that does it to round it out. Again. Folks, as you think about investments in DUT solutions, make sure that you center that overall test strategy, understand what your needs are across the board, what your budget is across the board and circuit check along with partners like MacPanel company are going to help support quality no matter what size, what scale or what budget you have to work with. So, folks, thank you so much for your thought leadership today. It's really been a pleasure breaking down some uh, you know perspectives on when to transition over to a universal test platform, what the differences are between that and a dedicated test platform, and again how they fit into overall test strategies. Again, folks, we've been chatting with Sean Casey, Test Systems Engineering Manager with Circuit Check and Ted Ronenberg, Senior Sales Manager with Mac Panel Company. Uh, Ted, if folks want to find out more about the work Mac Panel is doing or they want to get in touch, how can they do so?
1: Go to our website, uh, www.macpanel.com, and they can reach out and inquire any way they want. Any other information, uh, they can drive it through the website and, and go through our marketing department or get in touch with me through that if needed be happy to talk to anybody in regards to that. Thank you,
0: Daniel. Perfect. No, thank you. And Sean, same question for you. If folks want to find out more about how CircuitCheck is uh, supporting uh, some of these DUT needs, or they want to get in touch, learn more about your solutions, how can they do so?
2: Uh, similar to that, it's www.circuitcheck.com. Um, we have a good website. There's there's a number of nice uh, videos uh, of functional test systems and so forth. and uh, And if you you go on there and you get an inquiry, you'll find uh, a business development engineer from your area. will contact you and, and we'll go from there.
0: Fantastic, love when it's
2: that easy. All right,
0: Sean, Ted, I appreciate the both of you. Thank you for your time and we'll chat again soon. Take
1: care, thanks, Daniel. Thank you, Daniel.
0: And thank you, everyone, for tuning in to another episode of On Deck with Circuit Check. If you like what you heard and saw and you want to make sure you hit previous episodes or not miss out on future conversations, make sure you're heading to our website, circuitcheck.com. Again, circuitcheck.com. And subscribe to On Deck with Circuit Check on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I'm your host, Daniel Litwin, the voice of B2B, and we'll catch you on the next episode of our show.